I honestly thought this sad moment would be farther down the road, but unfortunately it is now. We want to take the time out to remember the life of Robin Williams. This creative man is not with us anymore, and there is not enough words in human existence that can describe the impact this man has had on our lives, in our creative lives, personal lives, our lives as a whole. And sadly, there's not enough words in human language to describe the way we feel right now. Robin, I hope you know that we all loved you. We were passionate about your work and just who you were. I beg to whoever is on the other side, whoever's in charge of whatever this is, this life, that Robin is now at peace. To anybody listening to this that thinks they may know somebody that may need help, remember these words from Robin Williams. No matter what people tell you, words and ideas can change the world. If you have a friend that needs help, it's the simplest and it's the kindest words that can mean everything to somebody that's having troubles. And if you're listening to this and you feel like you need help, talk to somebody, talk to anybody. We're all here for you. If you need a push in the right direction, please go to www.suicidepreventionlifeline.org or call 1-800-273-TALK. That is 1-800-273-8255. We've never done a Johnny Knoxville Why Not Have We? No. And it's not a jackass one. Words cannot express how relieved that makes me feel. Hey, those movies do have merit. Yeah, drink your horse down. This is Why Not Grand Theft Parsons. Yes, as I said, we are jumping into Grand Theft Parsons. The smaller movie, uh, kind of a weird one for Phil because it's one of the random ones I've handed off to him. With yeah. with it being hit and misses, sometimes we'll cover that in a little bit. But right. um, this is personally one of my favorite movies uh, for a long time. And with this being our show and everything, I want to talk Grand Theft Parsons in an episode. Right, hey, that's okay. Um, well, I guess we were, did. You want to start with the basic info, or what did you? Yeah, want let's to go ahead and do our usual why not stuff of the basic info. Let's. Uh, what was the budget in gross? What What did this thing cost, and what did it make? Well, that is the funny thing. They do not mention the the gross, nor do they mention uh, estimated budget. Well, they have. They do not have that posted on IMDb. Well. Honestly, that's kind of par for the course when it comes to independent films. Like, we both know on that. Yeah. Like, um, sometimes uh, productions will just get money from certain places. Nothing nothing seedy or anything. It's just, it could be just a businessman going, I want to donate this to your movie. Just mm-hmm. don't say where you got it from and how much you got. Well, fun fact, I think I could probably contribute to this. Uh, a lot of the areas, you know, like the gas station that Johnny Knoxville stopped in, in, in the movie... I filmed uh, an indie film over there. Yeah. Uh, so I guess anybody could use this. It's an abandoned gas station, but everybody uses it for a set. CSI's used yeah. it. Um, you know, uh, you know, I, a lot of shows have used this set. Yeah, that that gas station, like a lot of the places, like you were saying, a lot of it was probably guerrilla filmmaking too. Yeah. Probably like going in, going, hey. It's, yeah. It seems like you guys are slow right now. Is it cool if we spend about an hour or two here filming here? We'll give you blah, blah, blah amount of money. And yeah. for those type of small places, a Hollywood crew coming and going, here's two grand, can we use this place for an hour? Yeah. And they're like, 
Billy. Mm-hmm. So clearly the movie may have been shoestring, but it certainly doesn't show. It doesn't show um, it at all. It looks like a movie that could have been put together by any studio. Yeah, exactly. Um, and um, uh, uh, well acted. Uh, we've got Johnny Knoxville, of course. And yeah. We have, um, what's the name of the other guy? Uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, Michael Shannon's in it. Michael Shannon, Prezod. Yeah, Prezod. Yeah, that's the one I was looking for. Yeah. yeah, and he's always an amazing one to see in yeah. this movie because you see him now like being Zod and all the random roles you see him now and then mm-hmm. you jump back to this role of him as Hippie. Yeah. And that's what he's called most of the movie is just Hippie. Yeah, and in uh, Premium Rush he played like a weasel. So the guy's got range and after yeah. seeing this I'm like, oh wow, wow, the guy's... Oh, wow, ten years yeah. from from now, you, well, 10 years from this, you're going to be Zod. Yeah, and then we got also Christina Applegate as a psycho ex-girlfriend. She, she, she... She plays psychotic bitch so well. Oh, yeah. This is not her first time play, uh, playing that kind of a role. And it's not like over the top comedic no. psychotic bitch. She's no, just no, a psychotic she's bitch. Just, <laughs> you, you probably know people like this. It's, yeah, exactly. Um, and and that, that's who they have. And of course, there's uh, the list goes on of the people that they got there. We got Marilyn. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah Mar- Marley Shelton as Susie, which is his girlfriend. Right? Yeah, and she, you see her in a lot of stuff. Now, she was just recently in uh, A Million Ways to Die in the West. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so uh, you know, um, there's there's a lot of good people uh, yeah. in there. Even though this movie, I guess you would say, was strung together. Yeah, um, uh, based on huh? yeah, well, you were saying it's based on actual events. Yeah, exactly. Um, the director uh, David Chaffery. Yeah, David Chaffery and the writer of uh, the Jeremy Drysdale. Dr- Jeremy Drysdale. They uh, mm-hmm. developed the story from an, the actual events of Graham Parsons, the country singer from the '70s who passed away and. Before he passed away, him and his uh, roadie, his best personal friend, manager, best, best friend, friend Rody. Phil Kaufman, they made a pact with each other that whoever died first, the other one would take the body to Joshua Tree and set the soul free. And uh, this is about uh, 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 Phil Kaufman's uh, story. Uh, yeah, basically the, his misadventure yeah. uh, into this. And uh, on the DVD, it does have a great interview with Phil Kaufman talking mm-hmm. about the actual events where you can see where Hollywood kind of did the shuffle and it wasn't really like a big Hollywood shuffle because like we said it was an independent film and the writer Jeremy Drysdale he has been working on the script for this for a long time he remembered like years ago when he first heard about the story but forgot the names and everything but came across the story again and that's where we get Grand Theft Parsons yeah and yeah. um, a, a lot from the t- the title when you first told me about it, I'm like, well, what the hell is this? Yeah, it was one of my weird ones. And let's let's jump to this real quick. Oh, sure. Let's get this out of the way. I- I've developed a system for these types of why nots. It, for everybody listening, can gauge mm-hmm. your your taste on it quickly. I, I called the head a mo- head a meter. The head a meter. Head a meter. Oh, yeah. oh, I, I yeah. see where you're going here. Yeah, it's a ten point gauge. Okay, scaling from one to ten on yeah, the meter. One mean head. Yeah, your your. That's the absolute worst. The, yeah, I want to say absolute worst. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I'll just let you think that, Josh. I, 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 I don't want to fight today. <laughs> <laughs> and then ten being kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Okay. Where on the head of meter would you put Grand Theft Force? I think it's uh, straddling a six and seven. Nice. You know, it, 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 it does a leap. It's really not that bad. Yeah. And as um, it's it certainly, I got to tell you, it's not the engine that I probably would have chosen for Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. Which uh, this was really good. I mean, uh, coming from you know um, one of the movies that I saw Johnny 
Knoxville, and you got you know Men in Black Two, you know, yeah. just a comic foil, and same thing a comic foil in uh, you know the movie The Last Stand, yeah. which he did a good job in. Yeah, but this he's actually a leading man, and what I think is really awesome about this, he's literally not 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 just figuratively, he's literally playing a real person. Yeah, it's not Johnny Knoxville being an over and a, an over the top jackass. Yeah. he's actually. Creating a character and uh, putting himself in uh, this one, you sympathize with this character. Oh, yeah. and it, He's it really, not a buffoon. Yeah, it really shows what Knoxville wants to do with his acting. Like, oh yeah, back in the day when this movie was made, and Jackass was, I th- if I remember correctly, I think the initial, the original incarnation of Jackass was fading out. Right, like they were finishing up production and everything. And Knoxville was getting more into acting and everything. And this was one of his earliest roles where he took a big risk with it. He he certainly did, and I'm I'm kind of uh, shame that you know a lot of people they kind of um, they say the name Johnny Knoxville and I hear Snickers. Yeah, they uh, they just go straight to Jackass. Yeah, exactly. And but he wears that as a badge of honor, though. Too. Oh no, that's fine. I'm uh, he um, you know he, uh, I think from what I've uh, heard from stuff that he's a very down to earth guy. Yeah, hung out with Barry Sonnenfeld after you know Men in Black Two and watched him pop a pimple and put it on his show. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you know, he's just silly shit like that. Yeah. Uh, but he actually, he, he was grounded in this movie. And I'm not saying that there were mishaps. There were very, very good, very funny, but these were believable yeah. comic mishaps that could happen to someone uh, that was doing what he was doing. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, like when they were in the airplane hangar, when he initially was trying to uh, get the body of Graham, mm-hmm. and he's bribing the, the official... And they bring out one coffin, and it's a woman. He's like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's, it's those little random moments, too, and then the, like, the exchanges between him and hippie Michael Shannon Yeah, that give like, the comic foil, but also to gives the purpose behind this, uh, I guess, misadventure, but also adventure. Oh, it is. Yeah. It is. It is. Um, because um, there's an overall purpose in it. Um, the, the comedy was written very well, and... Um, you know, there's, and it was loaded with fun facts where you just kind of look back at the events that did happen and go, wow. Yeah. You know, um, uh, so um, I, I, I love that the movie satisfied. Now, I say it straddles a six and seven because, well, you know, it doesn't normally fit the criteria of stuff that I enjoy watching. But yeah. for all uh, intensive uh, purposes, uh, the movie was satisfying. Yeah. It took me. It took me on a journey, uh, which movies are supposed to. Um, I sympathized with the character. I uh, I wanted them to succeed. Um, and overall, it, it was great. Everything. It was properly executed. I think the way I would say it. Yeah, and then we get more of the dramatic aspects with the two when um, Graham's dad, uh, Robert Far- Forster, 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 came yeah. in. Wanting to get the body, he wants to go. He came and he wants to claim his son's home, body, take, yeah. take his son home, yeah, and, and bury him. And uh, we got you know Phil who wants to Phil Kaufman who wants to fulfill the promise, fulfill a promise that he made to his best friend. Yeah, and from the interview you see on the DVD with Jeremy talking about the original story, and then also to the uh, interview with Phil Kaufman talking about everything, there wasn't a father aspect to it. Oh, really? Yeah, the dad wasn't a part of it. It was part of the script. And then also, too, there's no psycho girlfriend or anything. But right. Robert Forster playing Stanley Parsons, he plays it really well for something that possibly could not have been, might not have been part of the initial story. Right. 
where uh, it's, he, it's executed, uh, like I said, executed properly. Yeah, and the scene where they finally fill Coffin, Stanley, and Hippie are sitting there talking, like, so what do we do? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a really great scene and really poignant, and yeah, where he decides, stops. yeah, stops there, yeah. and he decides to let his son go, like give his son his goodbye, and <clears throat> let yeah. him fulfill the promise. Yeah, and uh, it was um, all, all in all uh, very, very well put together. Yeah, and then there was like one scene I remember you telling me about it, another comedic point. Oh yeah, um, the cop talking to Christina Applegate after the body starts burning. He's only in there for the last five. Um, uh, you know, five minutes of the movie, uh, but he really steals the show. Yeah, I think he said um, that the guy. He said something along the line. Well, the, she she first meets up with the cop because she's speeding, trying to get the body to mm-hmm. get her money or whatever she wanted, just to claim what she thought was rightfully hers. And then he gets pulled over by a cop, and the cop is just standing there taking her crap and going like, "What the hell?" Okay, I'm gonna Big fireball goes off, so they go off to see what happened. She goes off on him again, and he proceeds to just go, you know what? I think it was suicide. I think it was suicide. He probably wanted to get away from you. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. Yeah, a really great comedic line. Oh, yeah. I, I think I, I think I just dropped and rolled after, yeah. after that. I mean, there was just, there was a real good build-up to that moment. Exactly, and, uh, and that's what this movie gave you a lot of, mm-hmm. is, like, it gave you, like, it said in one of the interviews, it, this movie was an amalgamation of a lot of genres. There was drama. There was comedy. There was there was an adventure, adventure thriller aspect to it a little bit too. A, a bit, yeah. And uh, one of my uh, one favorite scene I like to talk about was when they're uh, you know tensions already high because they've been pulled over from a cop because they've been ID'd. Yeah. And uh, they tried they decided to make a break for it, but um, the hippie's car is in really bad yeah. shape. It's but, an old hearse. <laughs> yeah, he's the only one that knows how to drive it. And well, it gets stu- the wheel gets stuck in the left position. Yeah. So he starts doing donuts around the cop trying to get away and right. they, they they're trying to struggle to get the thing in there but he's trying they're trying to make a getaway and all they're gonna do is go in circles. And that's but they attempted it. it's Yeah and it's like how we just said with the build up. It gives you that good dramatic like build up and everything and then you start laughing your ass. Oh you do. Because yeah. you before they even get the wheel going and everything, they're sitting there in cuffs it looks like it's done. They're they're screwed. Like Knoxville even says, "Yeah, uh, hippie asks him, what do we do?" And he's like, "Time. We're going to be doing time." Yeah. And the hippie goes, "I can get my hands on these cuffs." Yeah. And he's like, "Okay." <laughs> and then he proceeds to slip out, and then we get the donuts. Right? Yeah. Well, they run over the cuffs. Bike first. Bike first, but then we get the donuts. Donut. He's not going anywhere. It's yeah. just, it's, and then they do the quick to the right. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. It was funny. It was really good. Um, um, but it was it was a regular roller coaster. Like yeah. I said, you 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 wanted them to succeed, and it's like kind of like holy shit, this is gonna be a short movie. And then they go and do this. I mean, they're burying themselves deeper. And um, the fun fact of it all is, after it was all said and done, no charges were really brought on. Yeah. Well, the charges of uh, stealing the coffin. Yeah. Yeah. And that yeah. was about it. And they were fined and released. <laughs> yeah. After everything they had gone through, yeah, very, uh, it could have been a whole lot um, easier. Uh, you know, uh, like almost like we didn't have to do that. You know, uh, everything they went through was funny, and that made the whole movie that much funnier. Oh yeah. Um, when when you get the little uh, text at the very end stating the wrap this is what happened afterward. And, and another quick thing about that too, before we get that text, you remember the scene? They're they're walking up to the police station. That's a cameo. And then the kind of old biker guy is being led off in, mm-hmm. by one of the cops, and he's in the Miller High Life shirt. 
that is Phil Kaufman. That is Phil Kaufman. The real, the Phil real Phil Kaufman. He came out there. No, so he he cameoed. Yeah, which is one of the many things. Now there's not much trivia on here. We can get all these. There's yeah, nine pieces of trivia. You mentioned one of them. Yeah, um, the Kaufman is the the Kaufman cameo. Yeah. Now this is another thing. Okay, the trike that Johnny Knoxville uses in the film is the. That's a cool bike. That is yeah. a cool damn bike. You want to know what's really funny? Yeah. That um, he uses in the film is the original bike that Phil Kaufman used in 1973. That's awesome. It is, isn't it? And also, too, um, it is maybe on the list, too, but the jacket that yeah, Knoxville wears that is, is the also... The jacket that Knoxville wears in the movie yeah. is the same jacket that Phil Kaufman wore. So he became this person. Yeah, he jumped right in. Like, he, he, uh, during when the it's interview, authentic. It's, it's very authentic. It's one of those rare, rare uh, true story movies that mm-hmm. jumps full head first into. Yeah. Like uh, Knoxville was talking about in an interview, he met up with Kaufman in New York before the filming started. That's right. And basically latched on him. He kind of dressed the part to meet him. Mm-hmm. And one of the funny parts was uh, Knoxville talked about he had a handlebar mustache going at the time. Mm-hmm. And he didn't, he wasn't really sure about it. And he was walking through New York and everything. And a woman walked up to him and said, nice mustache. He's like, thank you. As he walked away, he could hear the woman laughing as <laughs> she's walking away. So I was like, okay, I'm going full beard on this one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. His handlebar mustache ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. That's funny. But, uh, oh, another thing. Johnny Knoxville, he broke his nose during filming. I'm assuming it was probably during one of the fist fights. Yeah, with him and Hippie, with probably. With him and Hippie. Um, uh, Graham Parsons died in room 8 at the Joshua Tree Inn, uh, which is the room Larry and Phil find Mr. Parsons in at the end of the film when they explain their reasons for kidnapping Graham's body. Room 8 is known as Graham Parsons' room at the Joshua Tree Inn bed and breakfast and can be um, rented uh, uh, for overnight stays. Well, still a motel. So you can still go there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, oh, the round cloth badge sewn onto the left shoulder of Johnny Knoxville's denim jacket is that of the Harley Davidson riders of uh, Great Britain Motorcycle Club. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the film, outside the police station, the sequence showing the civilian, the cop doing... Okay, that's the... That's the coffin. The, the, the hippie discussing turning themselves in. Oh. Uh, do, do, yeah. The tattoos that John Maxwell has in the film are a mixture of the real ones and ones made for the movie. For instance, the tattoo of the word Madison, the name of Maxwell's real-life daughter, over his heart is real, but the bigger one on his arms are not. Yeah, well, well, you've seen Knoxville with his shirt off oh, on yeah. Jack's ass before. He yeah. does have his random tattoos. Yeah. And I believe, like, that Madison one is kind of the one, like... It's yeah. kind of an odd one to put in the, uh, you know, uh, you can tell when they're grasping at straws trying to give you trivia. Well, well of... it, as much as we love IMDb and everything, oh, it, yeah. it is a user-submitted uh, fact... Fax uh, generator. <laughs> yeah. So some of them are a little far fetched, and some of them are really good. Well, yeah. uh, here's here, here, here's the here's the last one, and I think this one's kind of funny. Hugh Jackman was originally set to star as Phil Kaufman before dropping out due to his commitments with X Two and Van Helsing, which is very interesting. Like mm-hmm. last night, I watched uh, Grand Theft Parsons again for the umpteenth time. Yeah. And I was doing stuff as the credit star role, and it got to the special thank you portion of. <laughs> The movie where they usually do like "Thank you, Mom, yeah. Dad," blah blah blah. There were several names on there where I was like, "They were involved." Yeah, Hugh Jackman was one of them. Cameron Diaz was one of them. <laughs> Demi Moore was one of them. And I was like, "Wow!" I think there this, were probably maybe had some lineage. I think there was uh, many. You know, they they really believed in the independent project. Yeah, and there and Bruce Springsteen was another one. Oh, there you go. Now, now, see, the, you want to know why the special thanks is this answers. This probably answers 
of the budget question. Yeah. I think a lot of stars believed in the project and offered up some dough. Well, yeah, you got to think with, um, maybe with, like I said there, Hugh Jackman was up for the role of Kaufman for a while and backed up. In the uh, Hugh Jackman incarnation of this movie, Cameron Diaz may have played the role Christina Applegate played. That's right. Yeah. Um, and then also Bruce Springsteen. There is a song on the soundtrack from Bruce Springsteen, so he probably donated mm-hmm. the rights to the song to be able to be used in the movie. Exactly. So they were able to get away with probably not having to pay copyrights and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so so there you go with, it's like, um, we can't justify the gross. Uh, well, I, I think we, we could, by justifying the gross, I think it's probably safe to say that they did make their money back. Yeah, you, you'd only imagine, especially with this type of an independent film, such a... I wouldn't really say shoestring. It was just a small production. Yeah. Because uh, Knoxville only mentioned in an interview, too, where it's like, usually a movie like this would probably take about four months to film. Pretty much. They did in 24 days. And the central focus of the characters, it's just, it's it's basically, it's hippie yeah. and uh, Knox- Knoxville. Yeah. Uh, because that's another reason they didn't have to pay too many actors. We paid actors for their time, and they were like, boom, one day, one day, one day on set for each of the uh, each of the extra parts. And also, too, uh, during like some of the interviews, they were talking about how they film four scenes basically at once. Like mm-hmm. Knoxville and Michael Shannon would be sitting in the first driving. Knoxville would have his cowboy hat on and cigar, and they finished that scene. David would get on the walkie, go lose the hat, toss the cigar. Tosses the cigar out the window, puts the hat aside. Does another scene. Get that scene done. Put the hat back on. Another scene. Yeah. Yeah. And so I can see how it got done. Yeah. yeah. They're all wearing the same clothes. They've, it's kind of in a couple days span, so they're all wearing basically their same Yeah, it all wearing. makes sense. There's There was no reason for any big scene change or costume change. So uh, there, there's how you get around, uh, get around it. Yeah. It was the perfect way to do it. It's independent film done right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there anything more that you can say on it? Because I, I mean, honestly, I'm I think we really covered all bases. It's honest. If you haven't really seen this movie or not really know a lot about the story, you don't really need to know a lot about the story to jump into it. No, it's like you said. What what what, what would you say, Josh? It's the perfect. It's the perfect why not movie. Yeah, yeah. And it it, it fits the category. You see it. You you see it on your shelf or something like yeah. that. It's late in the day. You want to watch something? You go. Well, why not? You yeah, put it's it on. Good, that's, that's it, exactly. It's a good midday movie. It's a good like you're up late at night and you're flipping channels and it's randomly on something. Watch it. Watch it. it yeah. Honestly, why not Grand Theft Parsons? And uh, as we look at the calendar, we just passed our third year and everything. So I have an idea. Maybe later this week we could have uh, maybe a special guest. Oh? Yeah. Because I've been in conversations off and on with uh, Jeremy Drysdale, the oh, writer you're of... kidding. Yeah, uh, the writer of uh, Grand Theft Parsons. Every time I've watched the movie, I usually drop a line <laughs> on Twitter or something. Like, Dude, I love this movie. Mm-hmm. And he's always, like, thanking me and for saying that. And then I keep telling him, like, I... I try to spread the word of this movie to everybody because it's such a cool, small movie. It needs to be seen. Well, I'm grateful for seeing it. I would not have seen it if uh, it wasn't for your recommendation. So you got lucky on this one. Yes, I did get lucky, and hopefully, when you, yeah. When you recommend movies, I get a little. I know I'm a little hit and miss. <laughs> yeah, but this was—I uh, I will say—it was a hit. Yeah, definitely, and uh, hopefully, we might get lucky and be able to get Jeremy on the show later this week. Keep well, listening. That would be swell. It'll definitely be an international episode because. 
It'll be a call to London. Oh, boy. As with tradition with Why Nots, we always end with uh, some rapid-fire recommendations. So for this one, we are recommending uh, movies that are based on true events. Uh, well, not based, inspired loosely. Look back at that one episode where we talked about the actual legitimacy of true life stories. <laughs> yeah, and how they how they fly. How they so. fly back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, first on my list, uh, let's go with uh, one that... Really, really bent the truth is uh, Cool Runnings. There you go. Yeah, the Jamaican bobsled mo- team yeah, movie. I like that. Feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme. Yeah, yeah. That was a good John Candy movie too. Oh yeah, miss that dude. Uh, so do I. Uh, Fire in the Sky. That's the one about alien abductions. Oh, that one is a really good one. That's um, a good one. Shadow of the Vampire. Oh, that's yeah. A good one. That one's based on the making of Nosferatu. Oh, Nosferatu, and now the guy, yeah, that's, that's creep the shit out of everybody on set. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, and the movie that movie actually grabs a bite, uh, grabs a bat, and bites his head off. Yeah, and it's like, wow, um, he's method. Christ. <laughs> yeah. Method. You say method, I say tomato. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yes. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Patch Adams. Yes, that one's a that one's a that one's, stepchild. It is it is heavily fabricated. I love Robin Williams, but um, anything that actually introduces you to the actual real life of the the, the real Patch Adams, yeah. cause even he's not happy with the way the movie turned out. But if you want to know the real Patch Adams, you can look him up. It gets the story out there, and that's the important thing when it comes to true stories. And yeah. I guess that kind of leans into my. I'm going to combine these two because they're both kind of dark ones, kind of mm-hmm. fucked up movies, but still really, really insanely good movies. Yeah. The movie Boys Don't Cry and Bully. Oh, Bo- Boys Don't Cry and Bully? Yeah. yeah. Two true life events, uh, some sad, sad events, mm-hmm. and some good movies, though, too. Uh, Mommy Dearest is uh, one that's, uh, that I'd recommend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, many more, but the, that 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 one can be yeah. my rapid fire for yeah. now. Uh, probably one more or two more. Actually, I'll just go with one more. That's mm-hmm. a really good uh, telling of some true events. One is Black Hawk Down. There you go. Really good, and the Hurt Locker. All right, I'll the Hurt Locker wasn't really exactly based on one person, but it's based on the true life events of bomb disposals. Well, well since you since you brought that up, I will go with uh, Full Metal Jacket. Oh, yeah, can never argue Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Full Metal Jacket and uh, The Hot Zone. The Hot Zone, a really good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess also one more so we're not ending on such kind of downer notes. <laughs> I know, I know. One really good, uh, really good true story one, Catch Me If You Can. Catch Me If You Can, that's a good one. And uh, here's one, Dolphin Tale. Yeah, you can't argue that, that one. That's a, I, I think the sequel's totally fabricated that's coming out. I have a feeling. Uh, the first one was inspired by a true, true things. So, uh, yeah, there we go. There's a good one. Yeah, so there you go. That This was uh, Why Not Grand Theft Parsons. So, why not watch a movie? Now, go. Do it. Get out of the room. Drop the headphones. <laughs>